I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand spanking new episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to chat with you guys again. Today, we're going to be talking about all things meal prepping and meal planning. We've dabbled in this a little bit before, but we're going to really hone in on kind of like, can you incorporate these into an intuitive eating lifestyle that doesn't turn into a domino effect into some disordered eating or any obsessions there. It'll be a fun one, not anything too wild, but I feel like meal prepping can be kind of intimidating. So we're going to talk about it a little bit more. So let's just start off with like, what is meal prepping slash what is meal planning? And this is a very vague statement. And in the world of dietetics, that's just kind of where we live in that fun gray the space gray of unknown. like, it depends. <laughs> that should be our, um, what was it? Good vibes and diversity. And yeah. then it depends. Let's just change it. It depends. I know. I that's always tell patients and clients, I'm like, I know you're going to hate this answer, but it depends. And they're like, Rah, they groan. <laughs> yeah. I say it probably every day to every patient at least once. Yeah. Or like, no, it's not. You don't have to be extreme. Or that's always when. But anywho, anywho, let's not. We're already sidetracked. Already derailed. (laughs) But I'm sure like when you hear meal prepping right now, I want you to think about like, what do you imagine when you hear the word or the phrase meal prep? What do you imagine? Like, what would the old version of you imagine? I guess I'll ask you that. The old version of me, given our history of being two Teche enthusiasts, <laughs> if you don't know who Teche is, she is a Purdue alum, but you probably, if you do know her, you know her more from her social media presence. Um, are we going to call her an influencer? Oh, for sure. Yeah. She has a degree in dietetics, but never became a dietitian. Yeah. And she has like a clothing line, athletic wear line now. Yes. But she was really into bodybuilding. And I, if I heard meal prep, like I would religious, where would we even watch those? Cause I don't think I watched her YouTube that often, but I knew what she was. Maybe I did I, watch her. YouTube. I watched her YouTube and I don't, I don't watch many like influencers on YouTube. So we were like, we were hardcore fans. We've yes. been there before the proposal. <laughs> Literally. That's kind of crazy to think about. We are, we know too much about her life, <laughs> but I would imagine the Tupperwares of prepped food. And I imagine them like, I would never do this, but remember when they bring like food on vacation and they're coolers yes. and like, they would like pre, like they would package protein powders, like into Ziploc baggies. Yeah. And they'd measure them out and everything. Yeah. yeah. And we're saying they, we're including Steve, her, her husband in there too. Yes. They've been uh, together like, since we've this? been following. Yes. 
Oh yeah. And <laughs> we, we were there when her sister Chloe was there. I would see Chloe at the gym all the time. At Purdue. Uh-huh. At Purdue. At Purdue. Yeah. Bobby yeah. actually had a class with her. I think. Oh I yeah. Yeah. So we're quite close. This now. is so <laughs> irrelevant to anyone listening to us who has no idea who they are. <laughs> this is way too niche, but if anyone so knows, um, I feel like a lot of Purdue's would recognize her name, but I mean, I feel like if I like, go, you know, like on Instagram, you go to someone's page, you can see who of your like friends yeah, follows them. Follows, yeah. A ton of people that we know follow her. Yeah. But it's kind of wild to think that we, I never had a conversation with any of them, but <laughs> we were in the vicinity. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Crazy stuff. So anyway, meal prepping. Yeah. That's what I picture too. When I always yeah. talk to patients and clients about meal planning and prepping, I always say, I know you probably envision like big old bodybuilders with just gobs of muscle spending all day Sunday, making their chicken, broccoli and rice. And that is one version of meal prep. And if that works for you, it really does. That's great. But that's not for everybody. And we'll kind of go over why it can be kind of harmful to do it that way. And why you maybe feel like if you have tried to do it the way that you've envisioned, it should be done air quotes on the should, um, it's felt like it hasn't worked for you, but there is a version of meal planning and prepping that does work for you. I can describe this later, but I always talk about it as like a spectrum, like there is the far end of the the bodybuilders and their chicken, broccoli and rice, but also like someone who just simply gets groceries and like, that's their version of like their planning and prep for the week. And that's okay too. Yeah. It's doesn't have to be wild, but that's a spoiler alert. So let's talk about exactly like how it can feel really restrictive and potentially lead to some not super healthy behaviors. So it can first and foremost, like just meal prepping in general can set really unrealistic expectations. So if like you feel really overwhelmed and stressed out, just like thinking about meal prepping and then you start to do it and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to make all of my lunches for the next four to five days. I'm going to have my chicken, rice, and broccoli because we're just really honing in on that meal. That's there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that meal. It can taste very good, but that's what we think of. Um, you can also maybe like expect yourself to cook every single night. You're like, I'm going to cook seven days a week this week. Um, little do you know that like, maybe you're going to have a really late night shift one night and you won't have the energy or, or you do know that you go in knowing that, but you're gonna be like, oh, I'm still going to cook like stuff like that, where you're not necessarily giving yourself grace on those days. Um, you might not allow yourself to eat out. If you like really get into meal prepping and you're like committing, you're like, no more eating out. We're going to start saving money and I'm only going to eat things that I cook. As we talk about I'm like eating out plays a huge component in like your social life and trying different cuisines. And also like when you are tired and don't want to do anything, it, it can be a great option for convenience that standpoint as well in time yeah, uh, where you don't have to spend like 45 minutes cooking. It's ready in 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, and then something else with the unrealistic expectations meal prepping can set is like expecting yourself to have a taste for everything you planned out. I feel like this is kind of be, this can be kind of tricky because like you don't know how you're feeling in four days. 
But if you're planning out for it, or if especially like, I can say this because I grew up this way where like, I can eat the same thing for lunch for six months straight and I will be okay. I feel like there's something missing in my head <laughs> that, 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 allows me, right. that, that, right. that allows me to do that, to there's be okay with loose. that. <laughs> yeah. Something's not right up there. Um, but expecting yourself to be able to like eat your five chicken rice and rock meals, if like you'd never done that before, might not be the most realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I want to kind of back up for a second and specify the difference between like meal planning and meal prepping. Cause I feel like they often get used interchangeably. And I know it might sound so obvious, but of course, like the meal planning is like planning out what your meals are going to be. That's step one. So like figuring out, and again, it's a spectrum. We'll talk about it later too, but like whatever degree of meal planning you do, picking out whatever meals you got to pick out that has to happen before you first go to the grocery store is actually step two. So it kind of goes meal planning, shopping, and then meal prepping is like once you actually have the food to prep. So even we might kind of use these things interchangeably, but they are a little bit different. And like the amount of like meal planning and meal prepping you do every week can look different. If you even decide to do like a weekly routine, some prefer to like plan their whole month of meals out and they maybe do like their prep every four to five days based on like the plan they have. That I guess does go back to the whole spectrum thing where like your version is going to look different. But, um, I think if you are trying to like, maybe like start from scratch, figure out like kind of your best version of all this, I would think about the planning and the prepping piece pieces separately to kind of figure out like which parts of each of those is going to work best for you. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And I think that's a good clarification to make because like It's in the name, but it is good to like differentiate. Like the plan comes first. Yeah. And there's the action of attaining the food and then the prep with, with, and like, there's a lot that can happen in both of them. Exactly. Like all of these steps look different for you versus like me. And also like, even like day to, or not day to day, but like week to week, it'll look different too for most people. Let's talk about our next point of how the meal prepping can feel restrictive. So Emily went over a few great examples of like just creating those unrealistic expectations. But of course, I think time is one that I hear a lot. They're like, I just don't have the time of day to meal prep, which if you're thinking about the scenario of all day Sunday, making all your meals for the week, of course, you probably don't have time for that. That's a crazy amount of time you have to spend to do all that. Um, so again, if you are kind of starting from scratch, if this episode's inspiring you to reevaluate your meal planning and prepping routine, I would ask yourself first, like how much time do you have? If it's 10 minutes for like the actual prep, like you have 10 minutes, that's totally fine. Um, I think it's again, being realistic with yourself and just thinking like, what could I actually do in those 10 minutes? That would still be helping me. Like the whole point of this is to actually alleviate future stress, not make your life more stressful. So if just the thought of all day Sunday is adding just gobs of stress to your life, that's not helpful. The reason why those gym bros who do spend all day Sunday doing it is because likely it is helping them alleviate the future stress of like deciding their meals later in the week. That could work for them. Now there's definitely a lot of cases probably where it is disordered eating and they just don't know it. 
Um, but I'm sure there's cases too, where that truly is like their perfect version and that's okay. Oh yeah. Did you it know on. it is, I think a national men's mental health awareness month. Oh, I did not know that. I found this out recently. I stumbled upon it in a way that was not a good way to stumble upon it because it was being utilized as a weapon against women's mental health. But no, we're, that's, that's a whole thing. I know, uh. I know. But I feel like this is good to note. So happy National Men's Mental Health <laughs> Awareness Month as we bring up the gym bros who are stuck and also a victim of the patriarchy and feel like, they need to be as big and swole. I've also never used the word swole. You have been think. like really expanding your vocabulary lately. I don't know <laughs> where not the ways we want. <laughs> it's really much like the Gen Z words that I feel like you're pulling out or like the really old millennial words. You've pulled some of those out too. I'm going, I'm going all over the spectrum. Yeah. I'm showing my age, I guess. I don't but know like, which one? Say. Like, are you an old millennial or like a little Gen Z? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, I second that. We actually yes. have an episode coming out, not till July, but it's all about bigorexia, which is exactly that, mm-hmm. like that desire to a fault to like get as big as possible. So stay tuned for that one in July. With a yeah. really great guest. That'll be exciting. But yeah, I think the time is the biggest thing. Time is a resource that just like doesn't get factored in enough whenever like it comes to nutrition, especially. It takes time to like do all this planning and prep. But again, the whole point is to alleviate future stress. So I think it is important to like find a version of this that works for you instead of just neglecting it. And then you end up just eating whatever. And it's stressful to not know what you're going to eat all week. Um, But it shouldn't be to the degree that is just like taking a whole day away from you and your family or whatever else you like to do. It's again, supposed to be a helpful thing. I feel like the last point about how meal prepping can feel really restrictive is something we've been talking about constantly already is like the Tupperware cage and like the Tupperware trap, the Tupperware trap. (laughs) I love that. I'm totally going to use that from now on. Yes. Um, but like only imagining like your chicken rice and veggies in your little Tupperwares piled up in your fridge across and that's all you're going to eat. Like it's does not have to be that way. It can be some like a little bowl of like washed berries or like a little container of your washed and chopped vegetables for the week that you're going to use later. Or maybe like the proteins, like you cooked a couple chicken breasts for the week or you cook some rice in, in bulk and you're yeah. good then. That's actually something I should do. I like cook rice only like the amount I need. And I'm like Mm. sick of it. This is a public service announcement for me. If anyone would like to send me a rice cooker, I'd appreciate it. Mm. I keep doing it on the stove. Mm -mm. I just don't have the patience for that. It's so great. I use my Instant Pot, which is basically a glorified rice cooker. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's you dump everything in your liquid, your rice, maybe seasonings if you want to push a button and walk away. Yeah. That's my dream. It comes out perfect. I have to like watch it and time it. I'd recommend an instant pot. I really like mine. I use it for a lot of stuff. I know. I'm just too cheap. Yeah. I'm like hoping that it will magically get gifted to me. I'm manifesting this. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost your birthday. I think it could happen. Yeah, that's true. I have to create my birthday list. 
yeah don't forget this to pot but also yeah. i know you said counter space of course is always to be considered and yeah. they have like those cute little rice cookers that are super counter friendly ross got me one when i went to college because he knew i was going to be in a dorm super cute and it broke because it was you know not the most high-end thing in the world right but it lasted me all through college and it worked super well you just throw it in there push a button and it's good to go might have to look into that and i think it was like 15 20 bucks which i know is still money spent but yeah versus like it could save you time and one counter for... space exactly hmm. might have to look into it one but... thing i want to add to this is like my version of all this is i tend to do what's called like ingredient prep. So basically what you just described, like I don't prep like full fledged meals. Usually that like you just pop in the microwave when they're, when it's time to eat, I tend to prep ingredients. So that way I can still eat the meals fresh. Usually for dinners, I eat like a fresh meal, so to speak. And like lunch is leftovers the next day, but by like cutting the vegetables up, putting the chicken in a marinade, whatever, um, maybe I will even cook the chicken sometimes, but I just like do like a little bit of prep that way. It's easy for me when I get home for the evening or whatever I have going on that day versus like having to like start from scratch and cut every single vegetable, let the chicken sit in a marinade for 30 minutes. It just, it's really helpful to like, just have bits and pieces. Like again, I said already, like the whole point is to make it easier for yourself. And that's like my version where I still have to spend some time doing it, but it's like maybe, maybe an hour of prep every week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's realistic. Exactly. And attainable, smart goals. Smart goals. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, that's actually a good segue into our next point, which is we're going to give you all the tips on some other positive ways to approach all this. So again, my best tip is always talking about ingredient prep. So instead of doing full meals, just like prep certain ingredients, that's going to help you um, throw your meals together quicker. I think, again, the first step is though, to just like ask yourself what's realistic for you. Like how much time do you have? How much money can you put towards all this? If you don't have containers, can you get some? Would that help you? Would it help you to get an instant pot? Like, can you budget that out? Would that be like an actual helpful tool for you? If so, that's great. Cause there are some kitchen, kitchen gadgets that really can be helpful. Like a crock pot, yeah. for example, is kind of the cliche one, which actually is very helpful. Instant pot, same thing for Emily, a rice cooker. We would love, yeah. I don't really know any brands, but we would love if they would sponsor us. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Just send you a Maybe they'll find us. We're just going to yeah. manifest it. Yeah. Please. I'm not that picky about my rice. Clearly as I make it on a stove yeah. every time by myself. <laughs> and it comes out very in different forms every so, time. Have you like mastered it or is it like always just no. like a different texture? Well, I don't mind it. There have been complaints from the peanut gallery in the household about it. Apparently, I'm much better at making quinoa than rice, even though I treat them essentially the same, except for I wash the rice. So I feel like that plays a part in it. Yeah. I don't know if this is sacrilegious for you at all, but do you ever do like the minute rice, like the microwaved rice? I, so budget tip for me I get my rice from my parents they buy the like Costco huge bag and I literally just bring my little plastic container home <laughs> and fill it up there that's great so I don't spend money on any rice I probably would I like the little ones but I'm just already have I already have a um a dealer uh, a yeah, rice dealer. dealer that's so funny well that's actually a really good tip generally though like 
if it again makes sense for your budget convenience thing like minute rice or have you ever heard of the brand dozen cousins no they would be 12 cousins (laughs) no it's like just like (laughs) these little bags it's kind of like the minute rice but it's beans so like they're like flavored like cuban beans i love those i there is a what is what it's the like red lentil and like something soup the packets yeah. from Costco I would die for those yeah it's you just like throw it in the microwave and like exactly like a minute and there's my protein I'm done yeah exactly so like if those things work for you of course like it's not as cheap as buying just lentils because they're super cheap but it takes a minute versus like lentils take forever to cook okay. so again, like whatever version works for you, that's great. We're not shaming lentils in like their purest form. That's fine too. But yeah, there's also way easier options if that would just work better. Yeah. And then I feel like I also talked about this a little bit, <laughs> not even from a meal prep standpoint, just from like an assistance and food standpoint. Um, you don't have to do all of this on your own with the meal prep. Hopefully you're not unless you live by yourself. Um, but then if you have the money for it, maybe you can like order like a meal delivery service, but if that's, if you have the money for it, um, and you don't want to like buy any of it already. And also a lot of it's already prepped for you. So I don't know how much of the meal prep there is in that, but you still have to cook it. But like, if you live with like a family member or you have a partner or roommate and you're getting like really overwhelmed or stressed it's okay to like divvy up responsibilities. Something Bobby and I do, and we're still working on it because I don't love cooking or cleaning (laughs) is normally we try to split it 50, 50, depending on the week with like cooking. And then someone cleans the other while the other person cooks, but Oh, work is that's like that's like the perfect world example. Does that always happen? No, because I don't always like doing dishes, but that is my honest truth. And <laughs> I'm sure there's someone else out there who also doesn't like doing just, that. I would clean toilets before doing the dishes. I hate doing the dishes. Yeah. I mean, I do them because so we have to like get them done, but I hate yeah. it every time. And you know, like eat some off of something. You yeah, exactly. Just like let them. <laughs> That pile up. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked before about how our situation is a little different because of just the schedules that we have, but I tend to do most of like the planning and prep. But if it's a day that I am in the office, Ross sometimes will have like dinner that he'll cook. It just depends. And that's part of this too. Like if you have a routine where it's very consistent, you totally can like split those roles and stick to it for the most part, but it's okay too. If it's ebbing and yeah. flowing, I think as long as there's like a mutual understanding there. Yes. Yes. It's, it's tough to navigate when you first cohabitate with someone. I know it's weird. Yeah. And also you're like being an adult Yeah, and taking care of yourself. Well, like you have to like feed yourself like three rent. times a day. It's like, I know. They don't tell you that. I mean, they do, you know, that rationally, but actually taking action on it's very tough. Yeah. Mm. A wild world we live in. Yeah. How did, yeah. Um. Anyway, anyway, I was going to go on a tangent, but I'm like, this doesn't matter. This, this is just me saying things. <laughs> I mean, I think they're here for the tangents. They, 
It's something I don't want to hear myself say. So I'm going to say, I'm going to save you guys. Thanks. The the time. (laughs) Um, I think the last, what I honestly find like the most helpful is like making a plan. That's like the best way to approach meal prepping for myself. Um, And it doesn't need to be like planning out every single meal and snack and thing you're going to eat. What time and when on every single day. It can just be like- a couple of action steps, like maybe like you're going to challenge yourself to clean the celery or like clean the carrots. Like when you first get them, it doesn't need to be all the vegetables or like, if you know, you like to snack on like apples, it'll be like rinse off the apples and like cut an apple or two. If you want to get wild, like, Finding a couple steps that are within your reach for where you're at right now will not only make you feel more like, yes, I accomplished this. I can do this, but it's much more realistic than like, I'm going to cook all of my carbs, whether it's like my rice or my pot. I've never heard of anyone cooking pasta ahead of time. I just, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I feel like it's usually just like, it's quicker. It's like 10 minutes for most yeah. pastas, I feel like, versus rice can take forever if you are doing yeah. like on the stove, especially. Yeah. Or like you just decide to like tech all these different things that might not be the most realistic if you weren't doing that before or anything close to that. So like make a couple steps that you feel like will challenge you enough that you'll feel a little bit stressed, a little bit good stressed. <laughs> Um, but not enough that it will turn into bad stress and overwhelming and be like, why did I do this? Screw yeah. Hannah and Emily. They told <laughs> me to start meal prepping. We are not telling you to start meal prepping. We're telling you there are ways that I feel like this is also a spoiler to our next part. There are ways to incorporate it without being obsessive and diety. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into that, I want to add my point on this and you basically already said it, but I have to get by take, of course. That's yes. what a podcast is, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I tend to like plan out like mostly just dinners for the week, although it is a little different for me because I plan different recipes for my membership. So I hopefully have like a little balance there between like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks. Um, of course, I like try to post new things in there. They're like a little bit different. So it's not always just like dinners every week. But aside from that, I typically tend to plan out mostly dinners. Like I said, I do lunch as leftovers the next day. And then for me, like breakfast just kind of always works out somehow. (laughs) I don't know. I like always somehow works out. out. I've like, I don't plan breakfast usually. Mm -hmm. Um, I almost always just have stuff for breakfast and I'm not like Emily. I cannot just like plan to have avocado toast for six months. Like I need to have a different breakfast every day usually. So I don't really know how I've made it work out. I think just like having a stocked pantry, which is definitely a privilege, Like I've got oatmeal, I've got cereal, I've got bagels, I've got protein powder. If I'm like really in a crunch for, I got like frozen fruit for for smoothies. So definitely a privilege there, but if you can just like have things available too, which even goes for lunch and dinner, like I almost always have like some kind of frozen veggies in the freezer, like a frozen Trader Joe's meal Yes, because like we've kind of probably already said a little bit, your plan won't always include like homemade meals and that's okay. Like you could literally plan, like your version of meal planning could be pizza every Friday. And like, that still counts as like part of the meal plan. That was planned. You were prepping for that. (laughs) Exactly. 
Exactly. So I think Emily kind of already said it, but it's okay if it's not you planning out breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks, like it can just be whatever meal. What I always tell people is to like identify which meal you really struggle with the most. And I feel like it usually is dinner if you're feeding more than just yourself, because you have like an expectation there to like make a more elaborate meal. Mm-hmm. But like, again, like for me for breakfast, I can just kind of throw whatever together. Cause I'm usually just feeding myself for breakfast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all that to say that it's okay to just like pick just dinners and focus on that and kind of like let the others fall into place. If that works for you, usually yeah. a little bit easier if you are a family of like one, two, or maybe even like three versus like a big family, like my parents could probably not get away with that. Cause there's a million kids there, but it works for the two of us here. Yeah. Yeah, I know your situation. Yeah. Your environment. Let's talk about where meal prepping comes in when it comes to an intuitive eating slash like non-diety approach. And we've kind of alluded to this all throughout is like it comes down to like your intentions behind it. So like the first thing to note is like, are you doing it because you feel like you have to do it and it's just like you're subconsciously doing it every week and that you're, you don't want to like think about your food choices? If so, that's not really intuitive. You're kind of just going through like a cycle of external sources of like what to make your food decisions on. So like, let's just bring in our good old friend, chicken, chicken eggs, broccoli and chicken rice. eggs, chicken oh, eggs made their way in there. <laughs> Or you can go Tay route and do chicken, sweet potato, and peanut butter powder. I was literally (laughs) about to bring up her her peanut, which is actually really good. I was going to say that one was really good. It's really good. (laughs) She was onto something. Um, Also, whenever she adds pudding powders to things, that was onto something. I do that now. Like I add smoothies. I do like protein. I do like a protein shake with pudding mix, like a protein pudding. That's really good. Yeah. She... She might not have always had the greatest intentions due to her history, but, and the environment she was in. Yeah. But she came out with some good stuff that this is like, this is a segue of course, but like, it just goes to show that intuitive eating is not just like abandoning, like all nutrition education and like meal planning and prepping or like maybe some kind of like diet culture-esque like meal and snack ideas like the protein pudding there are plenty of diet culture-y people recommending that as like a weight loss food for example but like I love it I make it quite a bit but I'm not eating it as like a weight loss food I'm just like eating it because it tastes good it is high in protein so it's very filling yeah I like to add a little gentle nutrition and like add some strawberries on top or whatever I was going to, I was going to say that part where like, just because like it has more protein in it or like it has fruits or vegetables does not mean that it's diet culture ridden. It doesn't own everything. Diet culture does not own foods. (laughs) Diet culture doesn't own our protein or our fruits or vegetables. Yeah. And you're going to feel good eating those and your meal planning and prepping hopefully does include those things. So you do feel good. Yeah. Like intuitive eating when tying it into meal planning is not going to be like you planning to eat pizza every single day of the week. That would feel terrible. It means you can totally include pizza, but it likely won't mean that you're having it every day. And it also means giving yourself the permission and freedom to uh, like stray from it as well. Like, yeah, 
if you have a, I always give this example for some reason, but like if you have a chili planned for Tuesday, but come Tuesday, either you're exhausted and don't want to make chili or it just doesn't sound good. Like you can stray from that and that's totally fine. Yeah. I think you already talked about like this, like how, like, it sounds like we're taking away almost like structure to people's lives that they felt like, or like control that they had over their life. But like, it can help you like build trust with your body again. And like, just thinking about like, you don't have to think about like, oh my gosh, what is my, if you're like really, 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 really deep into it, like how many grams of protein do I need at every meal? Like really into that mindset. It doesn't have to be that deep, but it is okay to like, think about like, I need protein, right? I would, I would like protein or I'd feel better or I know myself better. I feel better if I had a protein source Exactly at these meals. Like it's a lot of like, just making you think a little bit more about your food decisions, which like probably sounds like we don't want you to do that. Cause like we often talk about like the obsession around food, but it's more of like going to the basis of like, what can I eat throughout the week? Or like, what are some options I can make or like prep for myself that will either like help me feel satisfied or like crave or like honor craving that I might have, or even like give me that easy convenience piece, but still feed me. There's like a lot that goes to into it. There's a lot that goes into it, but at the same time, there's like net that goes into it. Or like, it doesn't need to be all these different things you're thinking about. Yeah. I feel like speaking of diet culture, like it really has co-opted like meal planning and prepping, but like, we've been doing this forever. It's just like how you think of it now is probably different because diet culture has painted that picture likely of what we described at the very beginning of gym bros and the black Tupperware with the plastic lids and chicken, broccoli, and rice. But yeah people who have been feeding themselves forever have been doing some amount of some degree of meal planning and prepping and shopping. But yeah, like yeah. Emily said a little bit earlier, like um, if the, the planning and prepping is making it so you're kind of like on autopilot and it kind of makes it so you don't think about how food is affecting you, that's not very intuitive. Sort of like how, like if you're just, picking foods based on like a calorie amount. Like that's not intuitive. Like you're using external sources to, to determine like how much you're eating versus like actually asking yourself, like, what's going to sound good. What'll satisfy me. What does like a balanced plate for me look like? Like those would actually be getting better and touch like your internal cues and everything. I think the other big benefit too, is it, really can help with building that trust back with those hunger and fullness cues in the sense of like, if you have absolutely no idea what you're going to eat because you don't do any degree of like planning or prepping, you like, maybe you just like, don't ever even go to the grocery store. Or if you do, you just like go and grab whatever. Usually when you feel like a hunger cue strike, if you're at home, you might like have literally no idea like what to eat. And then what happens is either you just like ignore it. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Or you just like grab the closest thing, but it's not actually satisfying you. And so you're still just kind of like munching on whatever, but if you kind of have a little bit of structure, a little bit of idea of like what you've got available, 
it'll make it easier to honor that hunger when it comes because you'll know what you have to choose from. And hopefully your version gives you a lot of options. If you have the privilege to have a lot of options, like I said earlier, um, you can kind of pick and choose, but even if it is just knowing like, okay, my snacks this week are going to be Greek yogurt and granola. Like you'll know, like when you're hungry, that can be the snack that you go to versus having no idea and then ignoring your hunger or eating something that's less than satisfying. Yeah. So our final tips, how to meal prep as an intuitive eater. So first and foremost, focus kind of what Hannah said already, but focus on like the choices and options. If you have that privilege, like if you don't have a wide array of options, that's completely fine. Like even if like you have like one thing that you know you can like depend on or like two things, that's okay. Or even if like you don't know necessarily like what your options might be, um, first and foremost, just focus on getting yourself fed. That's like, that is the overarching message here. We just want you to that eat. That is best. Yeah. <laughs> that is the idea. But if you do have the accessibility to have multiple options, focus on those, try not to focus on the calories and categorize it more so as like proteins slash meats and then dairies, fruits, veggies, grains, stuff like that, rather than this many grams of fat or this or many like good versus bad, healthy, unhealthy. Yeah. More of like food groups. We'll describe them more like objective versus subjective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which might be hard to differentiate. It could take a little bit of time to learn, but you can challenge yourself by starting off by like, what is a protein? What is a dairy product? What is a grain? Stuff like that. And like experiment too with like what amount ish of each like makes you feel good. Like, does it help if you have a little bit of protein, a little bit of veg, a little bit of grain? Like, do you feel like that does make you feel good when you have all three of those at a meal? And like what amount of the protein makes you feel good? Yeah. Again, like it's tough, but it's like learning about how food serves you versus like how you can just like follow these food rules. Um, next tip is to, of course, I've already said this a little bit too, but use leftovers. This is what I usually do is I plan dinners, cook dinners most nights, and then we have leftovers for lunch the next day. It just makes us, we don't like plan out lunch and dinner, but again, we're cooking for two only here. So it does work out for us. It might not for you. And that's okay too. It's just a nice method. If it does happen to work for you. And then lastly, being flexible is very important because your plan most likely will not go as you'd like it to be, whether something pops up and you have to change what you're eating, or maybe you bought too much food or you bought too little food, or you didn't want to eat whatever it was that day. Um, or maybe your kid get does not like what it is, or maybe, why am I thinking like your head has to go to the vet and you oh. aren't, I know I was like, my mind's oh, man. jumping in different places. Like something could come up or something could change in your own preferences that just does not follow the original plan you had. And that's okay. Or what you prepped, like the importance of being is being flexible and then making the best of the situation. I feel like that's what I tell my patients all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. whenever they like 
think I'm upset with them, which I don't think I've ever been upset with them. Um, and they're, I'm like, and they're like, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm like, that's literally all I can ask. Of you. I always say and that. Even yeah. then, like, I don't need, you don't owe me anything. I have this conversation with my social worker a lot. This is a whole nother conversation. So I'm not going to go into it a lot, but it's very interesting to hear what he has to say about the healthcare field from both of our different perspectives. But he oftentimes brings up like how it's like their own, like they are the advocates of their own health Mm -hmm. and they don't owe anyone anything. Like when I bring up like, oh, can you like, he's, and it's not like to challenge like any of us. It's like just a good point to think about is like, if like they didn't want to come to treatment for one day or they are struggling with this, like there could be consequences of it, but it's like, they are the sole decision makers and they have like a lot of power in their hands. So this is kind of a tangent from being flexible but doing the best you can is all we can ask for but also it's you don't owe that to anyone yeah and like your version of the best that you can will look different even every single week so it's okay if this great meal prep you did last week you just simply could not do it this week that's okay too yeah i love it well cool. guys that's meal prep and meal planning and it's eating what a fun time how practical hope you enjoyed it yes we love practical tips and whatnot and then we also love drama when we talk about <laughs> our personal lives so the intersection getting- between drama and practical nutrition tips that's what this podcast that's is. our third slogan <laughs> yes <laughs> so definitely go listen to our become a tud bud go become a subscriber of the beat deeds for that exclusive content. Cause we're going to be go talking about some riveting bonus questions after this or bonus question more. So we don't have multiple plan, but you know, us, we probably will find a new bonus question or in the bonus question, Yep. but we appreciate you guys so much. Thanks so much for a hundred. This is a one Oh four. So like we're already past it, but we appreciate you guys we're a lot. So we would not, we could not do this without you and we will see you next week. Let us know what you want to know about meal prepping or what we're going to do is we will post this on social media as well is we'll try to announce like the topics ahead of time. So you guys can submit questions. Cause that would just be more fun. If like, we're talking about things that you actually want to hear. About. And we can what say like, <laughs> like Justine just asked us this. Let's talk about Justine's question today. Like we can totally like, if you guys want to ask or like include your names, we could always like shout you guys out to in our episodes. If that would be fun. That'd be very fun for everyone involved. Yee. Tud cool. is always thinking of new things to make it more just riveting to get your education <laughs> in. We are against boring nutrition education. Yeah, we're not going to tell you how many carbs to eat. No. Even though we're not allowed to do that because <laughs> individualized medical nutrition. But we wouldn't do it even if we were allowed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you in the bonus question, hopefully. But if not, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your host, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. 
We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.